This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Just to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And, and the Bernabeu brings it back! I'm, I'm got a problem with soccer to be fair. Football. Oh, what a start! All what I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. And we're live, baby! Welcome out to Champions. Use your friends dropping your comments and questions in that chat. And make sure you hammer the like and subscribe buttons as we talk with Fabrizio Romano. Here we go. I mean, join. I'm joined by my House of Champions co-host. Yes, that's right. There's Nigel Rio Coker. Give me a smile, Nigel. Good man. <laughs> and we're also joined by the hardest working and the man who disappeared from Naples before the game at the weekend, Fabrizio Romano. Fab, how you doing, buddy? So, guys, all good, all good. Thank you. Ready for this Napoli party, but it looks like it will be this week. All right, everybody out there, if you've got a question for Fabrizio or Nigel, please drop them in the comments. We'll try to get to the best of them as quickly as possible. As you mentioned, and I mentioned at the top of the show there, Fabrizio, 1-1 uh, for Napoli, a city awaiting, a team desperate for the trophy, uh, and then a draw. Uh, feelings yeah. about the game. I mean, feelings. You got out of Naples. I- I'm almost guessing that you got the score before you knew the score was going <laughs> to take place to get the hell out of there. No, no, no. That was to go to Inter-Lazio game because I had a feeling that it was a very important game. And so I-, I changed it because of that. But honestly, for Napoli, I think there is an incredible pressure. It's a positive pressure, but an incredible pressure. And these players are absolutely not used to that. No one of them won an important trophy. Uh, I mean, okay, maybe they won some domestic cup, something like that, but to win a Scudetto, a Serie A title in Napoli is something completely different. So I think they are feeling this this pressure. This is something completely new to them. And so I can also understand what's going on in the head of the players. And I think this week will finally be time to celebrate with no problems. Fabrizio, would you say that from Napoli's perspective, was there ever a priority, whether it was winning the Scudetto or winning the Champions League? Would you say that the Champions League run was something that came out a bit unexpected for them and the league was always the priority? 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, but I can tell you that also the league was a bit unexpected this season. And I tell you one story, but in July, end of July, I was in Naples with my parents, with my family. I was in a barber shop and there were two people next to me. One was saying, this season we will go to win the Scudetto. We are a fantastic team. Inter, Milan and Juventus are not that good. And the other guy next to me was saying, what are you saying? We sold Insigne, Mertens, Ospina, Koulibaly, all the best players. We are going to finish six or seven. So... The feeling in the city was 50-50. Someone was dreaming, but someone was really worried because to lose so many leaders was really, really complicated to handle for Napoli. And then what happened is something magic in the Serie A. So absolutely the priority was to win the Scudetto after 33 years to bring this joy back. Also because I think in the Champions League you can predict something. Uh, you know how, how it is, especially for a team like Napoli. It's not Man City or Real Madrid when you can say, okay, the Champions League is my, is my biggest goal. Uh, it's different in Napoli. And so I think they really wanted this Scudetto. I also think that they had a big chance in the Champions League because they were a bit lucky with this Eintracht, Milan, Inter or Benfica draw. So it was something probably good for them, but their focus was on the Scudetto. Yes. Yeah, I think we have to give a lot of credit to the way they've been coached this year as well, regardless of yeah. which player Spalletti had. The coaching has been sensational. The way he's handled the whole situation has been fabulous. Even the weekend with a city ready to party, he was just calm. He's just like, yeah. okay, we, we, we will wait just a little more. Um, how do you think this is going to play out with them actually winning the title? How do you think they'll win it? Do you think they get to play on Thursday to win it? Do you think they'll win it beforehand? How do you think it's going to work out? My feeling is that there is a good chance for them to win on Wednesday night because Lazio will play Sassuolo. They have to win, but I'm not sure it's going to be an easy game. Sassuolo are always dangerous in this kind of opportunities. And so it could be a draw and for Napoli could be the right moment to celebrate. Otherwise, it will be on Thursday, but for sure it will be this week. The city is ready. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they will do something crazy in any case. It was not just yesterday, but in any case, they are preparing something really, really crazy obviously in a positive way and so my feeling is Wednesday but makes no difference it's going to be this week and it's going to be amazing well let's take take away the celebrations that's going to happen in Napoli let's talk about transfers potentially Victor Osman, one of the main stars for Napoli this season is there any rumors or any opportunity of him leaving Napoli do you think I think there is a possibility, a concrete possibility for uh, Victor Osimhen to leave Napoli. So this is something really possible. But we have to wait on Napoli president Aurelio De Laurentiis after the celebrations, after some meetings that will take place with Spalletti, with the directors, to decide on the price tag of Victor Osimhen. My feeling, this is just my feeling, this is not news, but the feeling I have is that they want to break in case they sell Osiman, the record for the biggest sale in the history of Serie A with Romelu Lukaku, 120 million euros to Chelsea. So I think they want more than this to sell Victor Osiman. This is the feeling around, around Napoli. Let's see who's going to offer that money. Let's see if there will be a concrete negotiation already in May, in June. I think no. I think this will be something slow in the market. It could be something for July or August. And to mention clubs interested, Bayern for sure, Paris Saint-Germain, Manchester United and Chelsea. These four clubs have an interest in Victor Osimhen. But all of them are still waiting for Napoli to say, OK, this is the price tag. You can come here with a proposal. So this is why the process is, is still slow. It's just about the interest now. But nothing advanced is taking place because now it's time to win the title, to celebrate. And then I think in June is going to be the moment to understand where Victor Osimhen is going. I think we also have to take our hat, our hat off to, to what Osman has done as well. He has put in all his focus and attention on having success for Napoli. And we have to yeah. applaud what he's done this season, scoring 20-plus yeah. goals um, in the games that he has done as well. He has had some injuries, but when he's come back, he's come back strong. I'd love to see him finish the season out now with 25-plus goals also, and obviously leading that title. 
for Napoli to invest 70 million euros of Victor Osman. And this is not something normal for Italian clubs and this is not something normal for Napoli at all. So yeah. it's their absolutely biggest uh, signing ever. And they invested that money on a player who was not that well known. Of course, he did very well yeah. at Lille, but it's not, you're not signing a player from Premier League or La Liga at that level. And it was a fantastic signing and it made the difference and it made history for Napoli. Yeah. I remember when they signed him and I thought, 70 million, that's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. But now we're laughing at the price tag that they paid for him. And now we can understand why you're saying it's got to be a record transfer if they're going to let this guy go away. He clearly loves Napoli as well. All right, let's skip around uh, different transfers that are happening around the league. And I want to talk about contract situations as well. Rafael Leal, um, listen, this kid is clearly an absolute player he's a baller he knows how to get it done um but if you can get him playing if you can get him motivated this could could be one of the best players that's in the game right now where does his future lie clearly enjoying playing in italy right now but i've got a feeling many clubs are probably going to be putting in a lot of money to try and get his uh his future yeah, what I can say is that Milan are really confident on new contract for Rafael Leao. They're negotiating since it was October, November. Last summer, Chelsea wanted him. They made a proposal. It was around 70, 75 millions. But for Milan, it was absolutely not enough to sell Rafael Leao. They always wanted 150 million euros. So it was absolutely not possible for that money. Then what happened? Um, that Milan started to negotiate a new contract with Leao. The negotiation is ongoing. Uh, the proposal from Milan is 5 million euros net per season plus 2 million euros net in add-ons. So the negotiation is progressing very well. Rafa Leao is also waiting to understand if Milan will be in the Champions League next season because now they are in the semi-final of the Champions League. But in Serie A, the Champions League spot race is really dangerous. Inter is there, Milan is there, Roma, Lazio, Juventus. So it's not easy at all. Atalanta too, after winning in the weekend against Torino. So this is why the feeling is that Rafa Leao is waiting for this Champions League spot to meet again with Milan and sign the contracts. So this is the situation. It's very advanced, but it's not completed yet. So we have to follow that one. I think, in general, about Rafael Leao, and I think it's also the same for Kvaraskelia, is a bit of unlucky moment on the market for them. Because all the top clubs around Europe already have a fantastic player in their position. So a left winger. Because if you think about Real Madrid, they have Vinicius. Barcelona have many great wingers. Bayern have many great wingers. Paris Saint-Germain have Kylian Mbappé, who loves to play on the, on the left wing. Uh, in England, there is Marcus Rashford. All the big clubs, of course, Arsenal with Gabriel Martinelli. All the big clubs already have a player in that place. This is why I think it's also an unlucky moment to do something on the market, but maybe this could happen in summer 2024. Hey, Nigel, real quickly, can I ask you this? What do you think would be best for Leal in his future? I think for me right now, he's a great club. The best thing for him to do is stay. He can do another year or two in, in uh, Serie A. You know, AC Milan is still a massive club in the world stage. And if he continues to shine, he's got plenty of time to go. I still feel he's still got a lot to learn in the game in the sense of, tactical position and how influential he can be in the game but he's in a perfect spot right now you know he's going to be rewarded with a new contract playing in Serie A continues to do what he does it's only going to come at the right time for him a couple more before we get to break here with um, of course our main man Fabrizio Romano Zlatanido Hirovic obviously injured once again <laughs> I mean what we speak about the man Zlatan thinks he's the man but recently he's the most injured man that's in the world um, what's happening with him I mean clearly we understand and respect Zlatan for what he's done in his career but surely AC Milan must be getting fed up now with all these injuries you're spending a lot of money on a player like Zlatan to have sitting on the bench sitting in the stands watching games yeah it's not an easy situation really because when you speak to Milan sources you can feel this 50-50 feeling. Uh, you know that Zlatan is a legend of the club. If Milan are where they are today, semi-final of the Champions League, winning the title last season and completely changing their recent history, 
is also, and especially thanks to Zlatan, he returned to Milan in a very difficult moment and he helped the club. So this is why they have massive respect for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And this is also why they extended his contract last summer because he was already injured last summer. It was a complicated situation, but they decided to extend the contract to show some respect to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, also for how influential he is in the dressing room and not just on the pitch. So that is a crucial point. On the other side, as you mentioned, too many injuries. Zlatan is no longer making a difference. This is human, absolutely human. He's absolutely normal. Uh, I, if I'm not wrong, he will turn 42 in October. So it's normal to be in this kind of situation. But at the same stage, nothing is decided yet. The feeling around Milan is that they will meet at the end of the season. Now they just want Zlatan to be fit and ready for the final games of the, of the Serie A because he's not in the Champions League list. And then in that moment, end of the season, they will meet, they will speak, and they will make a decision on the future. Zlatan hopes to play again next season. He doesn't want to retire, but it also depends on the injuries. If he will be again injured, I think there is also a chance for him to retire. So everything will be decided at the end of the season. All right, awesome stuff. We're going to take a quick break, but when we do return, we're going to turn our attention to the Premier League because Arsenal against Chelsea is coming up, and we're going to discuss both sides next. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Fabrizio, welcome back. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Ian, mate. Yeah, I jumped the gun there. Been no, so please, long, go mate. ahead. Can you can you do me a favor, though? Can you say welcome not, back to the champions? Go oh, ahead, Nigel. Everyone, but, you know, I'm just, I love when we have the main man, Fabrizio, here. That's why I love to give Fabrizio his flowers that he truly deserves. He does an amazing <laughs> job. So you got to give credit when credit's due. Um, Fabrizio, what can you tell us about the links with Reese Nelson to Milan? This is true. It's true that Milan are among clubs interested in Reese Nelson. It's not just Milan. It's like seven, eight clubs who approach the player, who approach these agents. So there are many possibilities. In England, uh, in Eredivisie, in Serie A, in different countries, they are approaching the player because this is a very big opportunity on a free transfer. Reese Nelson is thinking about that. But he also has a proposal from Arsenal to extend the contract. So he's not sure yet that he will leave Arsenal on a free transfer. And this is why everything is, is open. Arsenal are negotiating. They are offering him the chance to stay with a long-term contract. So Nelson has to decide now if he wants to be an important player in another club or if he wants to be one of the players who could help Arsenal next season, especially knowing that they will have Champions League football and this is something attractive to the player. So it's an open situation, but it's true that Milan are among clubs who are speaking to his agent. 
Is this something that us as football fans should pay attention to? Because it seems very similar to what a lot of German clubs used to do and obviously got English talent in and then sold them on for a profit. Is that a model that a few Italian clubs are looking at now, getting a few of these English players who are not getting opportunity and maybe looking to sell them on later on? Yeah, I think Ficaglio Tomori changed this kind of feeling because until two, three years ago, the feeling in Italy was like, it's difficult to find English players who can perform at top level in Italy. It was the historical feeling in Serie A. But now yeah. with Ficario Tomori, it completely changed. Tomori made a big impact. He joined Milan on a loan deal in February. It was end of January, February, with a, a buy option close of 30 million euros. And all the people in Italy were saying it's impossible for Milan to invest 30 million euros on a centre-back in the summer. It's just a six-month loan and uh, he will return to Chelsea. And then they ended up paying 30 million euros and now Tomori is one of the biggest players they have in the squad. So I think, yes, this new generation of English players is doing a very good impact also in Italian football. Uh, for example, look at Tammy Abraham and many others. Yeah. And I'm sure that this will continue because there are many opportunities, as you mentioned. I remember the next a time when English players Chaloba, Go ahead. maybe from Chelsea. Yes, Chaloba. Ooh. Ooh. I remember a time when a lot of English players just simply didn't want to go play abroad. They all stuck around England and dropped to the lower leagues. But now it's an opportunity to go play in European football and obviously learn language, learn a culture. It's yeah. great to see. I really appreciate that. We got a question coming in. I'm gonna fire through some questions from Arsenal and Chelsea fans out there. Aaron Alexander is saying, Hey guys, we all know that Arsenal is in a strong position to get rice. How fast is Arsenal gonna move for rice in the summer? He has another question, but just ask about rice right now. This is a big one here, Fabrizio. Yeah, this is a possibility. We know since January that Declan Rice is one of the names they have in the list for the summer. I think it will also depend on the price tag for, uh, on, the, on the West Ham side because West Ham always wanted a lot of money for Declan Rice. So I think now it's part of the strategy game to wait a bit and understand how much really West Ham want to sell the player. What we can say is Declan Rice will not sign a new contract at West Ham. This was already decided last year and we can confirm that he has no intention to sign at this stage because he wants to try a different kind of experience. So the feeling around Declan Rice is that this summer he will finally get this uh, big move for a lot of money. Arsenal will be there, for sure. They appreciate the player. is one of the names they have in the list, not the only one. Because, for example, there is Moises Caicedo. We know they wanted him last January. Arsenal made two proposals, £60 million guaranteed, £70 million add-ons included. So they tried to sign Caicedo, but it was impossible with Brighton in January. He remains the name they have in the list for the summer. So it's not the only option. They can rise. I think it will depend on the price tag, but it's one of the names they have in the list, and they expect Arsenal to sign a very important midfielder in the summer. Before we do go and switch, obviously, we're going to jump between the blue side and the red side of London right now. I want to ask about Pochettino, what's happening with Chelsea. Um, is there any chance that we'll hear news that they're going to appoint a boss in the near future? Yeah, I'm sure. Yes, they are still discussing the final details. It's about the contract of Pochettino. Also, some internal discussion at Chelsea. They were in Los Angeles, the owners of Chelsea, to discuss about that, about the contract, about the project. So, how to proceed with Mauricio Pochettino in talks this week. So, the negotiation continue. But the idea is for Pochettino to be the favorite to get the job. Pochettino is absolutely open to that. So, the conversation is very positive between Pochettino and Chelsea. He remains the favorite. Let's wait for this conversation to continue on the crucial points. So, it's about the length of the contract. Of course, the some of the points to be clarified, but the discussion is, is ongoing and Pochettino is the clear favorite. There's a great question coming in from Roger Amaya here, and this could be relative to both Arsenal and Chelsea. James Madison news. I know you've been discussing it a lot on your social media, Fabrizio. How does relegation affect Leicester's price tag? They have a big game coming up against Everton today. Um, not guaranteed to be relegated, but James Madison clearly looks like he's going to leave the club now. 
I think he will leave in any case. Uh, he was already close to leave last summer, then he decided to stay because Leicester really asked him to do one more season and then to leave probably in summer 2023, and this is what is going to happen. So I expect James Madison to, to leave Leicester in the summer, no matter what happens with this relegation battle. And Tottenham have an interest in him. Uh, this is something that they always wanted to do. Really, last summer they had his name in the list. Newcastle the same, so these two clubs always appreciated James Madison. In the last weeks, it's true that also Manchester United asked for information to understand the conditions of the potential deal. is not a priority for May United at the moment. For Tottenham and Newcastle, is one of the names they have in the priority list. So let's see how it will evolve. Uh, we have to wait on Leicester to decide on the price tag and then to start negotiations. But I think James Madison is one of the names we will mention here on House of Champions in the summer because he's going to leave the club. Just let's stay in that kind of Chelsea realm as well. Jao Felix, we knew his obviously situation is on a loan right now with maybe a view for a permanent deal. Is there any news on what could happen with him at the moment at Chelsea? Because Chelsea is still being linked with other strikers. Yeah, what I, what I know is that Chelsea have the idea to continue with Joao Felix. So people into the board, into the coaching staff and all the people close to the squad, they're very happy with Joao. And Joao is very happy in London. So it's his first experience in the Premier League, but he's very happy with the club, with the city, with English football in general. So the idea is to continue together. Now there are two factors. The first one is the manager. So to understand Pochettino or any other manager who will join Chelsea in the next days, what he wants to do with that player. So if the idea is to keep Joe Felix or to go for a different kind of player in that position. And then the second factor is about the price because the player is Atletico Madrid player. There is no buy option into the loan deal. So you have to negotiate with Atletico Madrid. And remember that Atletico Madrid invested a very big money on Joe Felix. It was like 127 million euros. So now they want at least 100 million euros to sell Joe Felix in the summer. So let's see if Chelsea will decide to go there and spend that money. If they will try to negotiate, maybe include some players in the negotiation. We know Chelsea have so many players to offload to sell in the summer and so this could be an option to try to offer some players as part of the deal but for sure the negotiation with Atletico Madrid will be a crucial factor to understand if Joao will end up uh, staying at Chelsea or returning to Atletico Madrid. I want to finish with Barcelona in just a second. We've only got a few more minutes left with you, Fabrizio. Matt Osman jumping in, though. He was asking about Emil Smith-Rowe, such a promising player, but has barely played all season long. Is he looking for a move? Last one on London clubs. At the moment, there is still nothing new on him. I think he's trying to not create any problem to the squad in this difficult moment, in this uh, title race, because he doesn't want to create any issue to to Arsenal, but in general, the feeling is that Arsenal really uh, appreciate him. So he's still a player they, they love. He had an injury and this was not helping. Then, you know, when you enter into title race in this kind of situation, it's normal, I think, also for the manager to play always the same players. This is something absolutely normal. I think for next season will be different. There will be Champions League football. There will be the domestic cups. So Arsenal have probably changed their status in a positive way this season. So they will try to compete in many competitions with the best level. And this is why I think with Smith Rowe, there is still a chance for him to stay and to fight for a place at Arsenal. Let's finish with Barcelona, Fabrizio, before we let you get out of here. Um, obviously, there's a very young player who made his debut this week, uh, the youngest ever to play for Barcelona. Lamine Yamal. Um, what can you tell us about this kid? Obviously, a very young boy, a very interesting background, played for Spanish youth teams, born in Spain, um, but clearly a talented young player. Yeah, and for Barcelona, one of the priorities is to extend his contract. So, as you mentioned, very talented, born in July 2007. So, it's still impressive. This boy is very young. He's 15 years old. Christ. <laughs> and he's playing in the first team of Barcelona. 
But I can tell you that already in December, in January, uh, Barcelona board started the negotiations to extend this contract. Then what happened? He changed his agent. Now he has a new agent, and the new agent is Jorge Mendes, so a very <sighs> big one, but in very good relationships with Barcelona. So the conversations to extend the contract are at the final stages. This is really, really close. The expectation is for Lamy Yamal to sign a new deal with Barcelona in the next months. It could probably happen in the in the summer when he will turn 16. It will be a three-year deal. So Lamy Yamal wants to stay. Barca want him to be part of the project for present and future and the feeling of Xavi but also of those in the board is that he will mark an ear at Barcelona he's a very special talent so new contact is coming three years and then he will probably be part of the first team of Barcelona in the pre-season to have a chance under Xavi wow that's crazy nice. 2007 I know but <laughs> do you know what it is I've seen this before because obviously he's young in the footballing world everyone knows about him the big clubs know about him so they're trying yeah. to poach him so Barcelona giving him his debut, is that a way to kind of keep him happy yeah. to say you're part of the future, now sign a new deal? But obviously the clubs have their own priorities later on down the line because we saw it similar with the player at Arsenal, the young 15-year-old at Arsenal who made his debut as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's true. This is, this is typical. When you have a talent, a very young talent, you try to show him some... Uh, some trust, no, some, some, also some, some, some idea for the future, and so this is what Barcelona are doing with Lamin Yamal, but also in Lamin Yamal side, and so on the agent side, on Jorge Mendes side, the idea is to continue at Barca. So I don't see any issue there, and I'm sure that he will sign your contract. Wow, Fabrizio, we gotta let you go. There's so many questions, including from Ali, who wants to know about Ugarte. Um, I sent a million questions in about Ugarte, uh, but I want to just will say... be busy for Ugarte in the summer. But nothing is advanced now, so in the next episodes we will say something for sure. <laughs> so, so much. I mean, I have here 50 different names here that have been thrown at me in the comments. But we we thank you, Fabrizio, for everything you're doing. Everybody out thank there, you. please make sure you go and follow Fabrizio on his social media platforms and what he's doing on YouTube. Uh, never ending. This guy is always working. King. He's always on TV. If he's not on TV, he's on social media, but we appreciate you, Fabrizio. You. Um, enjoy the week, man. Italy's going to get a little bit wild this week. I hope you have some party as well, brother. It will. It will. Hey, uh, Fabrizio, yeah. have a Brunello for me. Have a great Brunello for I me. Will. <laughs> you laugh at me. I drink Brunellos. What are you laughing at? Fabrizio knows. Myself and angry Nigel Real Cooker will be right back after a break. Ciao, Fabrizio. Ciao. Cheers, Fab. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. If you're a U.S.-based fan of a beautiful game, Paramount Plus is an absolute must-have subscription from Serie A to the Champions League to NWSL and so much more in between. Not sure if it's for you. That's a big question mark right there. Then you can try one month for free by using the code. Europe. Welcome back to House of Champions. Enjoy alongside my good friend Nigel Rio Coker, who apparently didn't want to intro the show this time around. Nigel, if you're going to take the show, you got to intro it at least. Let people know what they're listening to. I leave that to you, mate. This is that's your job. You're, you're the host. <laughs> I'm your co-host. There's a difference, host and co-host. All right, mate. Let's get uh, into it. Anything there that Fabrizio talked about that piqued your attention? I'm surprised that the interest from 
uh, Chelsea in, um, I can't remember what player was. He caught me off guard completely now. Uh, Chalopa, was it you're talking about going to Italy no, or was that Chelsea that, coming that's, in? That's a new thing that I see anywhere. I just see Italian clubs co- copying the German clubs in getting these English talents, let them play because they're not having opportunity in England and then probably sell them on. I can't remember what player we were discussing and he said about Chelsea being interested in him as well. Was wasn't Madison awesome man? I mean, we talked about a lot of players. I know I can't remember anyway, but you know what Fabs is like. He's always breaking the news anyway. You gotta give him his flowers because he is a very busy man and he's very accurate. In 20 minutes, the amount of things that we get through in 20 minutes is incredible. And I have to give um, uh, producer Des a pat in the back for what he does because he sends 45 subjects for us to talk about. To in talk about in 10, yeah, and then he has a go at us for not asking questions. In and the uh, could, could you just finish with it, guys? You've got three minutes left with uh, Fabrizio. Here's 10 more questions for you to get in in that time. Uh, oh, anyway, that Sorry, you're right. Ossiman. It was Ossiman being linked to Chelsea. That surprised me with Nkuku already there. Which again, yeah. you can question Chelsea's vision, plan, whatever you want to say. Different players, though. Different players, though. You think about it. I mean, obviously, we we Why love He's a bit deeper, no? He's a bit deeper. He can be a bit deeper, but then you've already oh, got Felix there. You've got so many players there. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me. I think for me, Ossiman will be perfect at Manchester United, at yeah. Bayern Munich, but they're not going to pay the price. Well, maybe for once, Bayern might have to come out of their comfort zone and join the big boys if they want to stay relevant. Well, what's happening at Bayern Munich, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge was at the, the game yesterday and um, it looks to me like there's going to be a lot of change in the CEO and executive to, uh, part of the club and at some point they're going to have to start spending money if you want to compete with the best teams in the world. All right, let's get back on uh, on topic here. We want to discuss the Premier League and what happened um, at Anfield yesterday, if it's okay with you. Here's a comment from Harry Kane post-game. Um, obviously disappointed with the free immediately after the game. He said, I feel like we lost a bit of what the values are at at this club over the last few years. It's about finding a way to get back on the same page again even with our fans I want to start with Spurs and Harry Kane's comments because we respect what Liverpool did do it was an amazing way to finish a game amazing way to start a game not so great how they almost threw that game away but Tottenham they're in some real bad problems right now some deep shit Tottenham uh, Tottenham are in a position where they put themselves in that position Ian and again like you just said there before we get into it you said about changes being made at Bayern Munich. Why is it that we don't look at this now from a football perspective? Everyone has a time and a place and a period of success at clubs. The same way we look at managers, who are always the ones who get the brunt of it being sacked, we should look at the same way for directors of football and all these different operations positions that people are getting now in football clubs. And we should also look at for chairmen and owners. Mm -hmm. That should be it. Tottenham, for me, have been a club that's been under the same ownership and guidance for so long and still nothing has changed. At what point does change have to come in there? And when your captain is making a comment and a statement like that, you should be worried if you're a Tottenham fan. Because saying a captain coming out and saying that they've lost their way, they've lost kind of their guidance with everything that's going on now with a caretaker manager, it's not good. Tottenham do not look like a team right now. They look like a bunch of individuals and they've lost their way. We, I discussed it with you a while ago where for me their greatest success came from the blueprint that they had of when they used to spend a lot of money on the best British talent who would be in that squad and they'll sprinkle it with some super talented foreign players and that was the right chemistry and mould. Then they changed and went away from it. They had managers who've been successful at other clubs, big clubs around the world and yet they come to Tottenham and can't be successful. It's not rocket science. Well, I think Antonio Conte made it clear, right? He he obviously was he working at the club for such a long time. 
Isn't that the yeah. best thing? He's the best. He's, he's, his statement is the best. And what he said, you can see it now. It's resonating. It's the truth. Like uh, Conte spoke the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. A couple of great comments coming in from Roger. He's saying there's no direction at the club. Daniel Levy has got to leave 20 years and nothing to show for it. Ed jumping in and saying... <laughs> Kane should go to Chelsea to get him out of there. Ali A jumping in and saying Spurs equals bottle jobs. It's simple as that. Um, <laughs> what do you think about right now? Obviously, it was a good performance from Liverpool, and they're actually in pretty good form, and especially winning form right now. Put themselves uh, in the top five. They're still good points away from Manchester United and Newcastle United. Do you think the top four is set now with the way Newcastle are performing, with the way Manchester United are picking up the three points? Do you think it's pretty much set top four? I think when you look at that, Ian, you've got to look at it and pick what team for me defends the best. Liverpool are in good form, but defensively, they're still questionable. They're going to concede goals. They're conceding goals like we never saw Liverpool do three, four years ago. The defence was their strongest foundation of why they were so successful on the clock when Van Dijk came in. Not the same form right now. Teams have kind of worked them out a bit. I think for me, when you look at all those three teams, the best defensively for me is Newcastle. Newcastle look like the most solid. I, I think it's going to be a huge task for Liverpool to, to get there because regardless of who they're facing, these teams are looking at Liverpool now, not the same as what Klopp had them a few years ago, but now that they can be beaten and you can get goals against them. I think there's probably a lot more fear now going against the Newcastle and the Manchester United than there would be against Liverpool. You know, you mentioned Newcastle just a moment ago about defensively. They have the best defensive record. I think they've only let in 27 goals, if I'm not mistaken, from 31 games, is it, they played it right now? Can't yeah, remember. five or six. But yeah, but that, that's the point. But even when you watch them without knowing the stats, you can see that Newcastle are so well organised defensively and they're not conceding. But with this Liverpool team, they've been up and down, inconsistent. And then you look at the games, the goals against Spurs, like that, that game should have been dead and buried. And the goals you concede, it's not what we're used to seeing from Liverpool. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's turn our attention to what Manchester City are doing right now with Erling Haaland, uh, equaling the record uh, Alan Shearer and Andy Cole had for such a long period of time. Even though it's different games, different um, extended period of games that they had and the luxury that they had, Erling Haaland might be one of the best additions to the Premier League that I've ever seen. What are your thoughts overall on him equaling this record and probably going to smash this record? Erling Haaland is bloody cheat mode. He is cheat mode. He is when you create a character on any of those games that you play, whether it's an NBA game or NFL game or a football game, and all he scores are 99, 99, 99. Like, he is super cheat mode. You don't get players like that. That's the scary thing. He is big, physical presence, can hold the ball, great football brain, great football intelligence. He is a natural-born finisher, whether you like it or not. And he oh, is yeah. super athletically gifted. He is everything in one. And it's just impossible. And what I like about him as well is he's so aggressive aerially as well. He's aggressive in the end, wants to use his capabilities. You can't stop him. You cannot stop him unless you really take him out or, or do something not so nice to him. But he's phenomenal. Like, he really is. And I have to agree. I think he is probably the one foreign player I've seen that's had the biggest impact on the Premier League. When I mean he's taken to the Premier League, like, like how do you say, what's the saying again? Is it duck to water? Water, water off a duck's back. Water, water off a duck's back. That is what Erling Haaland has done. Just super cheap. Or a duck to water. Yeah. <laughs> duck to water. Whatever. <laughs> 
Uh, you know what he reminds me of, though? If I was to like sort of mold him together into multiple players, obviously Alan Shearer was uh, one of my favorite finishers that was in the Premier League all time. Alan Shearer, you got to see him up close in hand. You know, obviously, as we were growing up watching him, he was a goal scorer, proper goal scorer. Thierry Henry with his pace, being able to get him behind, the way he'd sometimes just like make these runs off the ball and just that, that finishing ability from both Henri and Shearer sort of mixed together. And you mentioned the aggression and also the flexibility and how crazy he is. Reminds me a bit as Latan. So it's sort of like yeah. all yeah. those sort of mixed into one human being in the way that he's performing. He's fun to right. watch. I watched him do it in the Bundesliga for so long as well. Nigel, go ahead. Read that comment out from Ed. That's that's real talk right there. Because we don't give him a lot of credit. Whenever you talk about Premier League greats, not many people give the flowers to Andy Cole. 34 goals with no pens. Obviously, Highlands broke that record, but 34 with no pens. You got to give credit to that. When it comes to goal to goal ratios, goal to games ratio, that is a phenomenal achievement there by the great Andy Cole. Yeah, but you got to admit that he'll probably have about 40 goals this year, Erling Haaland, by the time. No, he's I'm, done I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing 44. 100%. <laughs> I'm not disputing what he's done. But at the same time, for goals to game ratio, you got to give credit for a Premier League legend that doesn't get mentioned a lot when it comes to goals in the Premier League. I was uh, there when Andy Cole made his debut for Manchester United, how weird that transfer was. I was there yeah. at that game when he made his debut and just watching Andy Cole just settle in. And obviously what he did at Newcastle was phenomenal. I love to watch him in Newcastle. But just the, the transition to Manchester United and making it a success there was was awesome to watch. Is there any time in your life when you were playing, this is a personal question, that you were on the field and you just looked around? And it's happened to me many a time when I've played um, some big teams. And I've looked around at certain players and I've just gone, He's on another level. He's just, he's just on another planet. You must have been in a game at some point when somebody scored a couple or maybe someone's run past and you've got, oh my God, this guy's just on another level. Um, do you know what? That, that, for me, and I was very competitive and I think that my, my mindset was different. And it's, it's, it's uh, as you say, you know what? We, we're caught from a different cloth. You know, they don't make them like us anymore, Ian. So I wanted to compete. Yep. I admired them. There was respect there but I wasn't going to be there to be a punching bag and be another fan. Like I had the job to do as well, but there's some players that you played against. You're just like, yeah, I can see why they're so highly like for me, Paul Scholes, Ryan Giggs, every time we played against them, they were just a different level. Like Paul Scholes ability was just, it was just sensational, you know? And when people talk about great players, when some of the Brazilians talk, you talk about the legendary Brazilians, like the Ronaldo's and all them lot, they always used to say, if any player could get in their team, it would be Paul Scholes. Even the Spanish as well used to say, if any English player, because English players weren't highly regarded. But when you're on the pitch with him and you're playing in centre midfield, it's just sensational. And even like Frank Lampard, you give him credit because all those goals he got, he was sensational. Frank would never get involved in the play. He would always be on your shoulder. That one time you think you've got him and you blink and that pass he's made and he makes that third man run, it's a goal. And, you know, Didier Drogba, Alan Shearer, you know, Robert Perez. Like people, like Perez was just sensational. There's so many, but I admired them. But... I saw why they were so highly regarded and highly rated and considered as top players. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, obviously coming through, I was still a youngster at the time playing in Germany and um, Mehmet Shaw was one of my favorite players, you know, watching just the way he, he was like an artist in the midfield for Bayern Munich. But yeah. they had a young Bastian Schweinsteiger. They had a oh, young yeah. Lucas Podolski. And uh, Lucas Podolski put me on my back one time and I just thought, I actually got up and clapped because I thought there's nothing I could have done about that. I was trying my best to defend him. And you have to admire that some players just have technical and natural gifts 
gifted ability to be able to make you look stupid at times. And all you can do is like, we have that, obviously that mentality of never giving up. You applaud yeah. it, you get back up and you make sure you do your best the next time. It's hard to, it's hard to obviously take sometimes. Thousand percent. You're so right. And it, it's again, it's the natural ability. I think the players that we talk about, these are not footballing abilities that was coached into them. These are abilities that they've got from whether it was playing in the streets, playing in, in, in different places. That's how they get these abilities. Most of these kids grow up in concrete jungles. Like most of the talent comes out of South London. They play in those five side domes, the little mini pitches, bouncing the ball off the wall. You learn different type of techniques that work with you that you can't teach that into a child. And like you said, there, another player that I remember playing against was Modric. His first touch is bloody sensational. People don't realise how good Modric's first touch is in tight areas and how comfortable he is. Don't let his frame fool you that, oh, this guy's lightweight, you can put him on his ass. Touch, go, move. Like, <laughs> where's he gone? Like, sensational, man. And then, I remember, do you remember? I know you remember. Remember Pirlo? I remember yep. playing against Pirlo when he was at NYCFC and it was just, I'm like, this is fucking Pirlo. This guy could literally <laughs> play a game with a cigar in his mouth and just go, give me a ball. <laughs> oh, mate. Love it, man. Hey, we got a question uh, directed to you about Aston Villa here. It's coming in from Gino Otto, who's desperate to ask a Villa question. Hey, Real Coker, if Villa get into Europe, who or what position should they build upon? Uh, taking in mind that West Ham's European versus EPL form. Pretty good I'll question. probably say you still have to go down the spine. I think centre-back for me is, is two positions where you need to be very strong. Um, I'll, I'll probably try and get another centre-back in, another centre-midfielder in, and you always need another fresh attacker in as well. So you always try and build in the spine to keep it fresh and not to let players get comfortable. Because the problem is sometimes when you don't have a competitive squad, some players get comfortable. And yes, you're trying to compete Premier League-wise and then also European-wise, it becomes a toll. Playing Thursday and Sunday, you need to keep yeah. it fresh and you need to keep players on the edge. And that's what some of the best clubs in world football do. Yeah, no doubt about it. What do you put it down to, Villa's success? Obviously, the loss against Manchester United at the weekend, but just to Emery, <laughs> right? When I Emery, I've got people that I speak to at the club and they said, he's such a great guy and he literally, his attention to detail is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. I always have these conversations with coaches, Ian, and you talk about coaches and coaches start. I find it fascinating how some coaches and managers say, oh, we've got to be like, this team, they admire the top teams. People admire the top teams, but they don't do what the top teams do. And it's sometimes the most basic things in football. There's nothing wrong whether you're a professional or not. I don't care how much games you've played or not. If a manager holds a ball and say we're doing team shape, and if I'm the ball here, I want to see how you guys are shaped, where you should be. And then they're making the move to say, this is where you, this is why you should be here. You should be covering him in relation to if the ball's here. Forget who's on the ball. If the ball is here in this area of the pitch, this is where you should be. Some managers don't do that. They just think, oh, it's natural. Footballers are just going to do it because they played X amount of games. And that's what I just don't get. But Unai Emre, from what I've been told, his attention to detail is absolutely unbelievable. And you can see the difference since he's taken over from when Steven Gerrard was there. And it's no disrespect to Steven Gerrard, but this is his coaching style. Villa look absolutely phenomenal since he's taken over. Yeah, what well, great answer that is. Another question coming in from Richard Hudson. He says, uh, hi, Nigel, Real Coker. How are you? How, <laughs> who will get relegated this season? Many thanks. Love the channel. Smash the like button. Thank you, Richard. Richard, it's a tough one, but I think one of the big boys are going to go down between Leicester and Everton and Leeds. I think one of them will definitely go down. I think Southampton, for me, definitely going to go down. I think Forest will probably go down. They'll get back dragged into that. I don't. I, 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 I think Forest will, man. But I think... 
I think Leeds. I think Leeds are going to go down. But if I had to change Forest, I'll take Forest out and I'll go Everton. Everton Leeds. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Everything All right, before we, before we get out of here, Nigel, um, obviously I did have a big comment last week on our show where we discussed the Bundesliga and Borussia Dortmund's quest to win the title. And I predicted that Borussia Dortmund would win every single game between now and the end of the season. And one game in, they drew and pretty much blew the title chances. Bayern Munich won against Hertha Berlin on Sunday and I absolutely fluffed it. I can't believe I put my trust in Borussia Dortmund to actually get the job done. They messed it up this weekend and I hear you want to make fun of me. I just want to let the fans know, this is why you can't take Ian seriously, people. Anyone listening, take Ian with a pinch of salt like you do with Michael, even though Michael's not here today to add to make fun. I remember when Ian was like, nope, Bayern Munich, big changes, waste of time. They've blown the title. It's Dortmund's title. I said, get back to me when Bayern Munich win the title. And what did you say, Ian? That Was it five games? They're going to win all their games. games. And what happened in the yeah. next game? You gave them the kiss of, the Ian Joy kiss of death. There's something not right with Ian. Exactly. There you go. Wait, have we got the tape to run, Des? Can we just let, the, let, let our fans know what Ian was saying? Have we got that tape to run? Race in the Bundesliga with Bayern Munich dropping points recently. Well, Russia Dortmund have messed up this season, but somehow find themselves with a slight advantage over Bayern Munich right now. And I see their fixtures being very favorable. So... Many people out there obviously will question me, what do you think is going to happen? I'm saying Borussia Dortmund win every single game between now and the end of the season. Do you know what, Ian? I would add more to your misery if, if Des had the tape of me saying that get back to me when Bayern win the title, but I don't think Des has that. So we don't want to, we don't want to put you under a bit more, but... To be honest you, with you, you, you've said a lot of shit this year and um, I don't throw it in your face, but I do appreciate yeah. it when you throw if it in you, my if face. If you had it, you would throw it in my face. That's the thing. So you know <laughs> I haven't said a lot of crap. If you had I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say this. Borussia Dortmund messed up. They didn't play well on Friday against Bochum, um, but the referee had an absolute shocker. Oh, Adiyemi yeah, had a kick. Mats Hummel's 89th minute header. Apparently offside. We didn't get to see the wide angle. I mean, everything's been working against Borussia Dortmund. So, you know, at the end Ian, of the day, it's disappointing. Ian's Jurgen Klopp um, impression, everyone. Ian's doing his <laughs> Klopp. It's the referee's fault. Hey, and there's no guarantees that Bayern Munich are going to win the league. Let's not forget, they've got some big games coming up. They've still got to play Leipzig as well. They've still got to play Leipzig, which is a big one for them. So there's no guarantees that Bayern Munich are going to win it. But yeah, certainly this like swing at the top of the table. It's two teams that apparently don't want to win the Bundesliga that are out of form. And uh, it's caught my attention. Uh, who does win it at the end of the day, Nigel? Dortmund or Bayern? <laughs> Just trying to get you on tape. I'm <laughs> let's, right, let's leave it with this. I'm interested to see the changes that Bayern are going to make and to see if they come out of their regular module that they have for the club. That's going to be the interesting tape. Yeah, that's definitely a long-term view of it as well. They need a striker. Bayern so desperate. He was watching a game against Hertha yesterday and it's just it's frustrating to watch right now. Uh, Nigel, great show. Um, great stuff as always. We appreciate you. Appreciate all your insight and thoughts. Um, obviously, having Fabrizio on here is brilliant. We got a lot of questions out of him. So many comments came in, which is absolutely awesome. Ed, with this one here, which member of the <laughs> which member of the team is most likely to pull hamstring when celebrating a goal? That's a great question right there. We obviously saw Jurgen Klopp celebrating aggressively that winning goal. Why wouldn't he? And then pulling the hamstring. Who do you think it would be, Nigel, out of all of us? James or JJ? Yeah. 
<laughs> It'll probably be James running to a child fan to take away the sign. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, I can't even run to get myself a cup of tea without getting an injury oh, these days. So I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore. Nigel, appreciate you, man. Thank you, as always. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to House of Champions. Take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Also available as videos. So subscribe to us on YouTube. We're back again. Got a busy week. Back again on Wednesday and Thursday with more for you. We've got a few guests coming up on the show on Wednesday and Thursday. So make sure you tune in to join us then. Nigel Rio Coker, have a great week. Love you, man. Normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves, demons, and now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus.